0: You're listening to the one of us podcast network. So if you're looking for the somebody likes a podcast, there are so many places you can find it. You can get at us at uh, one of us.net, or you can subscribe directly on iTunes or you can dig us on Stitcher. But wherever it is, uh, find us, will you? Hey, so, you know, I mentioned to you guys that I've been reading this uh, Hot Carl book The Kanye West owes me 300 bucks. Correct, yes. Yeah, and uh, I came to a, a part in that book today, and Ryan, I thought of you, because uh, there's a chapter on Gerardo. Uh, like, he, he apparently is, like, Got to be really mean good. Gerardo? Gerardo, that's what I mean. Yeah. I did he like, say it? He doesn't live here. You said like,
1: it like in the in the Espanol here, here, here. Does he live Gerardo? in Guatemala? I don't know I, know, it I it literally is. thought you were I thought it was Japanese like Gerardo. Well, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, thought you
2: would be like racist there for a minute. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I didn't, No, no. Just right, I, I just well,
0: mispronounced it. So what did he have to say about Gerardo. Gerardo? Uh, yeah. Gerardo and, and um and Carl Jensen. Jensen Carl. Is his name the guy who wrote the book? Um, ended up getting to be friends when uh, Hot Carl got his record deal. Anyway, th- here's the thing that I thought was really interesting. One, uh, well, two things. One, Hot Carl wrote a follow-up to Rico Suave, and uh, and Homeboy totally performed it and like updated the lyrics, like kind of uh, like with a like a little bit of an Eminem type bent, which was like kind of the stuff that he did. And then um, this is the other thing. Is that apparently uh, Gerardo went on to a really uh, influential A career? He signed. He signed uh, Enrique
1: Iglesias.
2: No shit. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I read. I read part of that when I read that stuff about that that Har Car book, and it sort of ma- reminded me of what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about the about the guy that Reasonable Kenny G from Color Me Bad. He oh, yeah, went on yeah. to do like the same thing. He was like an A and R guy slash producer. So wh- what's up with these guys from like nineteen eighty nine? I don't know. That had like know. one hit or two hits and then Gerardo, Kenny G guy. I don't well, know Well it's just it's
2: what's her tits from uh you know that you no know, that band that we hate, uh
1: Oh, a uh, foreign Blondes. Yeah, Four but on yeah, blondes. So she's but, like, but you know, she but but she wrote songs. Yeah, like, but
2: she's had a, a very flourishing
1: post Four Non Blondes career uh, flourished a lot more than Four Non Blondes god you know one of these days I just want to pick repick that video what's up no just, <laughs> just no for, the answer is no just for the intermission just to just spring it on you guys one more time like when you're not expecting it you're a fucking sadist is all I'm saying man. occasionally that's true uh, but you know I'll that's right. how you build up the scar tissue
2: alright let's play some theme music alright I'm Shane
1: Ryan I'm Kevin and Mark this is somebody many likes it
2: Uh, I picked this week's record, so there's that. Uh, what do you got for us? The, we know that, but... Well, the the, the greater listening public is going to find out that, uh, yeah, Otis Redding. We have not talked about a This Era soul record on this show yet, and we're we're approaching 100 episodes, so it's about time. It is about time. Uh, but it's Otis Blue with the uh, very specifically uh, Otis... Otis Blue, Otis Redding sings soul, which is one hundred percent true.
1: Which is one hundred percent true and slightly redundant in yeah. general.
2: I mean, you, you might as well just pick one or the other. But anyway, uh, he does in fact sing soul on this record, and um, that's true. So it's yeah, it's like Brian Newsome speaks into a microphone. I,
1: well, I was going to say I don't. Yeah, Shane Bartell takes a breath of oxygen. I kind of don't. I don't. I can't imagine like Otis Redding performing music in any other genre really with that voice i mean i don't want to hear that well what? actually
2: there, he had a period apparently uh where he is like, like little
1: richard which is no but i'm tangentially t- related i want to hear him singing like like bluegrass or you know like really fast banjo and he's like singing about speed. that's how to come to the old home place <laughs> except or, like or how about speed metal speed metal would be great also yeah, yeah.
2: didn't exist uh Back in his day Yeah but personally. you know what
1: Had he been uh, He could have been A progenitor Of that type of music I mean people People may have Warmed up to it A lot quicker That's right But we we, we didn't get The chance to find out About it Because uh, you know. he tragically Died at of 26 died. Yeah Well I'll say this About Otis Redding Me personally I fully felt this Before I listened To this record And I, f- I feel this way Afterward It's sort of how I feel about Billy Holiday Possibly the best Male vocalist Of the 20th century Oh and yeah, I know that's a strong statement to me. I, I
2: can't
0: deny that. I mean, like they're certainly something. in the
1: conversation. Yeah. But having said that, this is definitely not my favorite Otis Redding record, personally.
2: I, I dig it. It's I, fine. At least, at least like half of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is what it seems. It like. has more covers on it than I,
1: well, than I would expect. All covers. It's like a greatest. There, hit. No, there are three. But, there are three of his. Okay. Own. Well, pretty much right. it's covers. Uh, it feels like it, it's. It, oh, here is something that I really liked. I love the way this record sounds. It it definitely, really you can tell it's not a Motown record, like it it's, no, it stacks. Yeah, but I mean, but you can really really tell in this like especially if you have some headphones on, it's it's a lot you know. Whereas Motown, regardless of whether you know it, it it's it, especially this period of time there there's a sort of a Phil Spector model, lots of stuff going on, lots of tambourine. Um, this is really sparse. I mean, all the instruments. Are really up close, really well recorded, you know. But there's guitar, organ, bass, drums, and then there's some horn stuff like that. But they're really well separated out. It is not Motown. It sounds amazing. Well, it
2: occurred to me that probably James Brown was influenced by Otis Redding.
1: I think um, there's a little bit of a mutual fan club. I, I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the timeline is on you know, like who heard who first, but I, there was definitely more of that that James Brown you know funk progenitor in, than I would have expected in you know, this record in this record
1: yeah there was i i mean i guess i'd like that slow otis redding well, there's a little bit of that here there's a little bit of it there it, to me there's just something that seemed like it almost was a uh, a cash grab about this album i mean i didn't do was
2: a cash grab about this guy's whole career like do you see how much was on spotify like well yeah but, many you, but you know that he
1: like he, what he his uh, his whole contract I, I mean he was written in like um as a producer and i mean he, he he had a very favorable contract that would have started paying off had he not which was
2: rare for back then incredibly rare yeah
1: one thing we haven't talked
0: about yet is the fact that one of the things that makes this record pretty remarkable is the fact that it was recorded,
1: all of it was recorded pretty much within a 24 hour Oh,
3: yeah, it was spin. like two days. Yeah, yeah. That's,
1: and see, so that's part of the, what I think I can tell on this, on this record is that you can. there are certain songs, and I don't, I don't know in the sequence where they are, but I could sort of hear it. It sounds like they're recorded really quickly, like, get in, get out, get in, get out. And uh, you can sort of hear his voice start to it's suffer. It's kind of the,
2: the opposite of Steely Dan.
1: It's very much the opposite of Steve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's, let's um, see how many takes we can do of this one. Like, doot, doot, no, doot, 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 uh-huh. doot. Let's just go back and forth. Yeah, but I mean but you can you can really hear his voice start to suffer. You can hear it get it hit, 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 like he starts to lose his his vocal control and it gets a little hoarser. Now I was wondering like I was like they had to have done like a bunch of these songs like in one day and a bunch like the next day or really close to that and sure as shit they did. That is what yeah,
0: happened. Yeah, it says uh looks like as part of the Rolling Stone review, uh looks like Two lightning sessions at the Stack Studio in Memphis on July 9th and in the early morning of July 10th. So, like, literally, pretty much, I mean, it was two days, but it was within a 24-hour period. And they had to take a break because the backing band had a gig. So, like, well, let's
1: we talking? that that, that, that sort of harkens back to the the Hank Williams Jr. stuff. Like, they would record in the morning and then go off and play gigs and play gigs with other people. Well, I think those just
2: aired in the morning. Um, no no no
1: no. I I know but they recorded though they aired in the morning but they recorded them all at one time and then they they would they would all split up and go play gigs like everybody would be playing gigs and stuff like that I thought that the uh, the cover of Change Gonna Come is or Change Is Gonna Come is was remarkable that's the in my mind the high the standout of this record because everybody knows the Sam Cooke version of it and it's incredible and like, well, gives you chills and why shit. Why don't we lead
2: off with that and then uh, we'll, right. we'll get into some other stuff.
4: I was born, I was born by a river oh man. in this little old tentpole. just like this river I've been running ever since it's been a long Oh, I know change has gotta come. Now. Ooh, yes it is. Oh man, oh man, oh man. It's been too hard living. Oh man, and I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up there beyond the clouds. It's been a long
0: there is a there is a sports nerd saying uh, about people that like kinda hustle a lot that they never take a playoff and that's kind of how I feel about Otis Redding is like that guy leaves it all out there, like rings rings himself dry every single track. Like you know, he doesn't ever seem like he's coasting.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of why I didn't love this record as much. As th- there wasn't as much of that slow jam variation. That's when you really see him shine. It's sort of like if you listen. I mentioned Billy. There's a little bit on that track. No, that that's the reason why. I mean, other than the fact that that song is just a fucking slam dunk in every way. You see that? I switched up the sports metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, incorporated it. I, I, yeah. Um, so... Other than uh, you know yeah, I mean that song is crazy kill I mean, it just kills, and I mean, there's a lot partially it's just like you know the gospel and the rhythm and blues kind of stuff is just not my bag, even though on this record I like it this era I don't the, love I, I'm generally
2: it. that way with with most soul and r and b but this era, for whatever reason, just like nails me
1: it sounds great, and that's I, and it's a little gritty like. Which well, is we're listening like,
2: to stacks, which is
1: well, sure. Uh, like, and that's part part of. What, I mean,
2: well, like, and there are guitars on it at this point, and which it's a, you know, like at some point R and B just decided, nah, fuck the guitars. And I like guitars. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, there's, whatever it is, like you know that that kind of, I guess, like there's a little bit of when it gets into the rock and roll. I'm, I guess, I'm just not a rock and roll guy at, at the end of the day. But I, I, I so much appreciate the. The soul aspect and the slower aspect of what he had has done and had done prior to this. I think that
2: is probably where his st- strengths lay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. I just like how you put the emphasis on rock and rock and roll. Uh, rock and roll rock and roll well, because <laughs> I was only, not a rock and roll kind of. because I was
1: only going to say I was only going to say rock at first and then yeah. it just and then it just you added it, on the in and roll. it just tumbled down like tumbling down the stairs like like a slinky yeah, yeah. Uh, that's illuminating if you wanted me to start police in the way that you say stuff sometimes oh like, you can and you no. do
2: sometimes, uh but that 's all right uh I think we should listen to another song, and I want to listen to one that already. That, well, we
1: can. You really what you so? You want to listen to a bunch of songs? To, I mean, uh, no, I
2: we might, might want to do four. We
1: okay, uh, we can do that. We've just only been back for about three minutes, but yeah, sure. Your show.
2: Well, this is uh, my episode. It's all of our shows, Shane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: this this we week, share. We, we all contribute. <laughs> very special blossom. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> well, we were yeah. talking about very special episodes when you weren't even in the room. Of course, so. you are.
2: That's yeah, it's in the air. Yeah, you make me want to look up that uh, Different Strokes Uncle episode N- where, like, uh, Dudley gets molested. Hi. <laughs> Ryan... I don't remember that. I was right. talking about Oh Please get to the point. Good <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I do want to play a segment of um, I've Been Loving You Too Long, which I think is is still in that, you know, his greatest strength. Oh, the, idi- yeah, that's idiom. a great song. That but, uh, song, that's a good one. So why don't we get into that, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more.
4: I've been loving you. Stop the land.
2: Shane, I've I've really been loving you too long to stop now.
1: And it has been a number of years. It has
2: been a number of years uh, for the, the love. And, but anyway, no, I think that one. I don't know where <laughs> I'm going with you just that. <laughs> you
1: just caught yourself. Hey, did you guys notice like Mark? Mark just tuned out there. Like we were all talking, and Mark just tuned out, and like he had a specific look on his face, and just the song went all the way to the end. Did you like that song, Mark? I you love know? that song. It's great. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's I, that, you know one of his. Biggest strengths uh, is is in you know that what's the one that's in pretty in pink that's kind of his signature tune I should have on this in recall right now but uh, try a little tenderness try a little t- that's that is the that's kind of considered his like it. and that's not on this right that
1: and sitting on the dock of the bay but yeah that's a sad ass song. What? Sitting on the dock of the bay.
2: Well, especially since he had just died, wouldn't it be well, number Well, yeah, because one. it was a
1: posthumous hit. But I mean if you think about the song is like he left one place, went all the way to another place to get a job, didn't get the job, his life is horrible, it sucked, so now he's just sitting on the dock of the bay figuring out if he should jump off or not.
2: Like Yeah, but there's whistling at the end.
1: <laughs> I think
0: that's what made that song a hit. <laughs> yeah, he he laid that track down three days before the plane ride. God. So I I,
2: I didn't yeah. look into it too much, but do we know really what happened with the plane wreck? Like yes. I know a lot about the Buddy Holly. Well, plane they wreck. they
0: said that they weren't they said they weren't totally sure. As like, I mean, basically he crashed into a lake, and the and the there was one survivor. The plane sank to the bottom of the lake or whatever, and then they pulled everybody out like a day later. Do you guys know how was old he was? He 28? 26. 26.
1: 26 So yeah, right that's around. Crazy. I know. Number one, it's super crazy. But number two. It's the it's right around the twenty seven curse also. Oh yeah. There's
0: a there's a John Mullaney bit about like first that of all crazy. like I don't understand I don't understand I mean, you know, hindsight for the rest of us or whatever, but you know, if you have a choice between taking a teeny tiny plane in bad weather or doing anything else, maybe do something else. Like maybe grab a motel. There, right, yeah. There's a there's a John Mullaney bit about uh, about how like with little planes. That it's like, you know, he's like, I've seen planes so small that if it crashed, it wouldn't even make the news. He's like, yeah, basically, it's like a plane went down today. A small plane went down today, obviously. And then they move on to the weather. So I think like you hear stuff like the you hear stuff like the like the Otis Redding crash and the Buddy Holly thing at which uh, so an like anniversary little, uh, of that crash, plane, crash just I mean, came up too. I guessing
2: it was just a little charter plane. Yeah. Was it was on. a
0: beach, beach craft, beach nut. One of those is gum. Anyway. They're going to the beach.
2: (laughs) You know, actually, our father, I won't, won't, to use your terminology, sidebar on this too much, but our father was on a tiny little airline called, like, Dolphin Airlines. Yeah. And where they got caught in, like, just horrific uh, weather. This is not
1: what we need to be talking about. I know, but it's 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 kind of relevant. But it was,
2: was, he just told me, he was like, well, I just thought this was it, because it was, like, the worst turbulence he's ever experienced in his life, and it was just, like, you know, shaking the thing up and down. He's like, well, I guess that's it.
0: Yeah, point is, like, it's, it, it, in these types of situations, it's really unfortunate because the guy was taken, you know. Really? Like, he was already, at 26, he was already mind-blowingly rich
1: for, like, and, and oh, he not, just that, bought not like that, a, that that's the only measure of success, obviously. He just
2: bought, like, a 300-acre rake, uh, ranch uh, in, like, Georgia. You
1: were going to say he had just bought 300 rakes. He was really into 300 like, outdoor breaks. tools. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he just it had, a bunch of, it had a
2: bunch of hoes, but they weren't <laughs> chicks. They were like actual hoes.
1: He should have bought a ticket <laughs> on a bigger plane is what he should have bought.
0: Well, yeah. So anyway. You guys. I'm telling. Well, yeah. I, uh, this is the last thing that I'll mention about uh, tini,
1: tiny. You not anything
3: tiny,
0: more about tiny, small planes tiny and air crashing, No, this won't be about crashing. But when when our folks used to live in in, in middle of Indiana uh, – no be, Well, yeah, you would you would end up. Ha- <laughs> okay. There was there was only there was limited major plane service, so you would end up having to fly into like one of these cities that surrounded that area, and then g- walk out onto the tarmac and get on a tiny plane and fly to Fort Wayne. and And the thing that I remember about that situation, and obviously not these planes weren't as tiny as the one that uh, ones that apparently went down all the time, but it was like. <laughs> homeboy would like somebody would come back and they would go like, Hey, have you put all your stuff under the seat? And then that guy would go up and fly you to where you are going. I was like, I want two people doing those jobs. Like that's all. Like I, I'm with you on that. You got enough on your mind. Don't worry about my duffel bag. Commercial asshole. yeah, commercial flying. Like, yeah. You know, I want a co pilot. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry. Hey, God sorry God about, my uh, co-pilot. Oh thank you for that. Oh good goodness. A anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> a little chicken soup for the butt there. <laughs> Please tell me we're at the intermission. Uh, yeah, let's go to the intermission.
3: <laughs>
1: so, we all know that the world is its in a bit of tumult.
2: Uh, tumult, yes. As it were. A couple different directions, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it has been for the last couple of weeks. Um, I saw a, a bumper sticker at the grocery store like two days ago and it was in the style of they had blended both Donald Trump's and Hillary Clinton's bumper stickers and it just said 2016 uh, I can't no I can't exactly remember but it said a meteor hitting earth for 2016 like I don't know you get what I'm saying like more or less uh, and then then the tagline was like let's just end it all Um, it just makes me think of uh, my favorite
2: bumper sticker which is uh, Jesus is coming look busy Yes. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: My oh, favorite
0: bumper sticker was, uh, it may not be the Mayflower, but your daughter sure came across on it. It's on the back of a sh- shitty van. <laughs> well, so it's, a really, it's a terrible, it's a terribly, sorry, it's misogynistic. It's not my bumper sticker. It's just one that I saw. Hey, since we're <laughs> <So> talking about
1: <laughs> favorite bumper stickers, I will tell you my favorite bumper sticker of all time, and I saw it a lot when I was a little kid in the 80s, but I haven't seen it very much recently. Very many times recently, and that is tailgate me, and I'll flick a booger on your windshield. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's
0: good.
3: That's
1: a good one stuff.
2: Da- All right, I that's have to I have stuff. to bring up one more because it's just in my head now, oh, and God. I have to get it out. But uh, my friend Denny, that's uh, Chad and I I's good friend, Chad Swiatecki and I, I's good friend, used to be in a band called the Baby Shakers, which it, in and of itself is it's kind pretty of, good, kind of funny. But his the bumper sticker that he put together for that band was never, never, never fuck with the Baby Shakers.
1: <laughs> I thought you said that's pretty. When you were for a second, when you were saying that uh, that the name of the band was the Baby Shakers, and, and you were you were saying something, and I thought you said, uh, and that's pretty. That's pretty powerful in and of itself. <laughs> like, well, I think I this mean, whole line of discussion sort of. fell off a cliff a minute ago. Okay, so Shame, it's yeah, been yeah, music there's forest. Been, there's been some tumult in the world, and um, so I thought that I would bring us to um, a simpler place. In our lives and in the world, frankly um, And so I'd like to listen to Neil Diamond's 1983 hit Turn On Your Heartlight Oh, how about that So, Mark, can you make that happen?
2: Are you going to you know, like make us all feel Warm and glowy inside? I,
1: I hope so Who knows how you're going to feel afterward You do have whiskey That makes like, you. That feel just gives warm me a little bit of a inside. warm glow Yeah. yeah.
3: I just made a friend someone you need But now that he had to go away I still feel the words that he might say
1: One coming Whoa!
2: God damn, Whoa! Normally, <laughs> normally, I'm not super into performance videos because there's not, but there's a, there's a there's a lot to
1: to unpack. To unpack you, once there. again, using Kevin's, we're just gonna we're gonna use Kevin's crib my language. I see how it is. Yeah, way.
2: well, we won't go down that rabbit hole. And well, I think Thanks. unpacking
1: has a little bit of a double entendre here with this video.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So that song was, uh, I guess. Co-written with uh, Carol Bear Sager and Bert Burt Bacharach.
1: Bacharach. who knew? I yeah. mean, that was a nadir of all three of those people's career. And let me tell you this. This song came out when I was eight years old, and I thought it was a cash grab then. Well, it was a – okay, so it's
2: about E.T., right? Yeah, I, yeah. But um, um, yeah. E. T. was like – But the... if you didn't know that and <laughs> just – <laughs> heard the vit- the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> you think he was a fucking like Nambla, <laughs> like chapter <laughs> president?
1: <laughs> you know, Ryan. Honestly, and crazy. Uh, as now shit. I want to like, go home and, and and re-listen to that song and just look at it through those through <laughs> that lens. I was
0: say, I was like, he yeah. doesn't say E. T. He doesn't say
2: anything about aliens. He's just like, you know, I want to like ride the moon with you <laughs> <laughs>
0: to a young boy, <laughs> little boy's a young dream, young boy's glow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like that is I don't I don't you what know right no, lot... you stumped everybody in the room we talk, right now with that. We talk a lot about how uh songs are of their time.
1: That is literally
0: of nineteen eighty three. Like, I think it's eighty like, two
1: actually. Well, right around that time. But I think it came out after he realized that the movie was a big hit and was well, like Well, according to their Wikipedia page for the song which which I always thought was Turn on Your Heartlight but it's just Heartlight um they can't they conceived the song after having seen the movie and um, and then later had to pay Universal Studios $25,000 for the use of ideas from the movie that seems, oh, that sure. seems kind of low it seems really low but also really weird at the same time that they even had to like why didn't well, I'll tell you why Universal Studios didn't include that song in promotion for the movie, because it fucking. What? Well, oh, it so. it's, it's a terrible, terrible, like, horrible, song. horrible.
0: That, that it came out after the movie because they saw the movie and that's what inspired the the track. But the other thing that I I find myself thinking about is like, I think that it would be, I would like to hear. The other songs that Neil Diamond would write after going to the movies in
1: the 80s. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, he could have gone to Rhinestone, like, like, like that, that yeah. Dolly part in Sylvester Stallone movie, like, Brew Baker. No, like, beep, beep. Oh, by the way, so this is what I'm thinking about. That if you go back, and I had never thought of this before, but um, there are a lot of, like, timpani and the song leading into the chorus. And then at the end of the song, like, it stops. Like, the music gets, you know, like, far away, and, the, and, and there's Glockenspiel. And uh, it sounds like someone's singing in a Broadway play. And it just now realized it just now. I just now realized I bet they wrote that fucking song as the first song to try to make a treatment for E.T. the musical. But that's what it sounds like. Uh, Could be. I mean, they, maybe, I mean they, yeah. they thought I mean, I swear there's no other way to really explain the way that song sounds. Well,
2: not necessarily uh, musically, but it like kind of situationally reminded me of uh, Eddie Grant's Romancing the, so- the Stone. Uh, you know, the, the sequel. Is to, uh, I know the our, movie, but I don't know Yeah, the well, he got hired, so he, you know, had some success. Hey, with Electric, Electric Avenue. Electric Avenue? Yeah, yeah, that guy. He got hired to write a song, write the theme song for the movie, and he turned it in, and they didn't like it, but he released it as a single anyway. So like on MTV, you'd see Eddie Grant in this video going, I'm a sing the stone, and it's not on the soundtrack. It's not affiliated in any way with the
1: movie. I was unfamiliar with You should pick this one of these days. One of these to, days, so I'll, I'll bring up Eddie Grant, the no, stone. But no bullshit. That song sounds like – it doesn't sound like they were going to pitch it to Universal like, hey, let let this be a promotional song for the movie. It sounded like they wanted to make – an E.T., the extraterrestrial Broadway play. You could be right. I, 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 I mean, no I don't idea. know. i got to get inside their heads. But I go back and listen to that with the... Brrr, doo, 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 doo. I mean, it just sounds like a fucking Broadway musical. I think it sounds
2: like a corporate training video, but that's just me. Well, it does
1: sound like a corporate training video as well. It looks like did, a corporate Did Neil video. say the wrong thing about touching someone's heart light? <laughs> yeah. He, well, definitely. Letting it shine... What do you think about this?
0: No, he could do it like you could do a, a whole song about like Poltergeist and like a little girl in the TV. <laughs> like you could do she's in the TV. Like I don't know how that works. Uh, wait, like, so did he want it? So did I he understand. want to do a
1: Steven Spielberg medley musical? Maybe. Because, because that be, I'm just be saying too, there, were lo- there were there a lot Indiana of movies. It's Jones. <sighs> there were
0: a lot of movies that came out in 1982, you know. Why why you have to you know, follow a little boy
1: across Because the that would have been a fucking awesome musical in the minds of, like, three people whose careers were on, on the downslope. Like, this is how we're going to get ahead. And they were all in New York and around musicals all the time. And this is what I'm thinking. I think you Possibly. should write a musical Perhaps,
2: about that making of that musical.
1: That's not a bad idea. I'm going to go home tonight and start on that.
2: Anyway, Perhaps it actually is a pedo song. And they just figured out well, let's, a, a way around let, it. Let's let's pay this this exorbitant licensing fee. For, it wasn't for this. So people think it. that it's
1: about uh, it's about this little alien instead.
2: Yeah, we'll just frame it this way, and that way I can express my true feelings about. There you go, small oh. boys. There well, you
1: hey, go. you guys.
2: Um, thanks, Shane. It just came out of nowhere. Just just well, was fucking entertaining. It is kind of an endurance test. Uh, so those of you out there who want to dial up the video, I, I encourage you to do so. once Mark m- was yeah, shaking
1: yeah. his head before we listened to the song, like, I hate this fucking... I do, too. But, you know, sometimes... Hey, I like Sweet Caroline. That's a really good song. That's it's by a, Neil Diamond. A decent song. Yeah. Yo, he that, That's, you know, he kind of sounds like <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that was. That, <laughs> that was like Eddie Vedder channeling uh, <laughs> that's what, that's Neil Diamond. That's, that's like what Eddie Vedder's lawnmower sounds like. What I trying like. to say is that through, throughout the years since Neil Diamond, the people that kind of sound like... I'm choking. Hold
4: on. Hold on. Hold on.
0: Breakfast
1: table. I think we've lost the show. Even flow. Man, right. that would be a great, great duet if you had, like, Neil Diamond and Eddie Vedder, like, do a duet of of um, Sweet Caroline, but uh, but it would be, like, a medley of each each other's songs.
2: And, like, uh, what was the one, that, uh, um, the uh, Yellow Lead Better? Like, do Sweet Caroline and Yellow Lead Better and trade off lyrics? And, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I, All right. I think, can we
0: move on? I think we should.
2: we're back on Otis Redding. After I that, thought you said that,
1: we're back on notice at first. We're back on notice. We're back
2: on notice. It's Otis. Yeah, that's right. I, I just to, want to point out, and I'm just looking through his Wikipedia page, he has another like really obvious album title, The Great Otis Redding Sings Soul Ballads. It's just completely self-explanatory.
1: Well, I mean, maybe that. I mean, things things are a little flat. I mean, you you have to remember we lived through the '90s with all the extreme, you know. So back then, like, you know, if you are advertising something, you have to walk people into it. Hey,
0: um, hey Mark, can you pull up that? um, Can you pull up that satisfaction page? By the way, speaking of satisfaction, oh, getting Uh, back to Otis Redding, yeah, who covered a song that was number one at the time, and number one the year that he covered it, made up his own lyrics. He just like they wrote like. Uh, like there's this really great, uh, I did like
1: that he made up new lyrics.
0: Oh, uh, holy shit. Like, no, it's just so, it's, it's like, it's like comedy imitating art, which, and the whole thing ends up coming back around. But yeah, so he did a, he recorded a cover of Satisfaction,
2: which apparently Crisco called it an anarchic, anarchic, reading like <laughs> yeah meaning no government reading like,
0: yeah. Uh... yeah no he just uh he just made up like apparently steve cropper wrote down the words for
1: him and he wrote well, no, them for a minute and then that, he threw it away read that like quote
0: yeah uh it, it says um yeah reading claimed they didn't know the lyrics of the song i
1: use a lot of words different than the stones version he said that's because i made them up <laughs> and, then and then steve <laughs> cropper said if you ever listened to the record, you could ha- hardly understand the words, right? I sat down to a record player and copied down what I thought the lyrics were and I handed Otis a piece of paper and before we got through with the cut, he threw the paper on the floor and that was it so he just fucking made it up after that.
2: So it's like a game of telephone you know as like cover of a major song by another major artist well, the, that had been released only a few months prior and was still number yeah, one was, in the U.K. Yeah, it was like number
0: one in the U.K. Yeah, it's still warm. But the the thing that I really love is like the last sentence in that that little blurb where Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones talks about that later versions of the Stones uh, playing that song in concert. They actually did the reading version. So it's like the Stones went back and no, like – they
1: dug it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, the guy was talented – he just yeah he's kind fucking cool. Otis Redding and the yeah. Stones were trying to be like Black American Soul anyway. I, I mean before. I got
2: I got to be honest like I prefer the Stones version.
1: Uh, I'm on the fence, man.
2: I th- this is I one. do I do know that Keith Richards didn't think it was finished, and then it just showed up on the radio and he was like, oh, I, I guess that's <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> the Stones version is a, is a great great song. This this the, this Otis Redding version of it I I thought was really. It's pretty damn good. Anyway,
0: I get the point is. Uh, aside from the fact that like this whole story, I think is kind of hilarious. But but beyond that, like the guy just uh, always had confidence. Like that was never uh, you know he was never trying to find his tuning fork. Like he knew exactly where he was going, and he was like, "You can all just follow along." I'm well, gonna I mean, make it's, up the it's words. Not the it's same like,
2: thing, but it's kind of like the impression I get of like uh, Eddie Murphy in the '80s, where he was just like, "Sure." Fuck it! I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I
1: want, and, and mostly it worked out. Right? Wait, can can we just? I'm sorry. Before we continue this dialogue, um, so in July 10th of 1965, the Rolling Stones version of Satisfaction placed on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for four weeks. It was preceded by Mister Tambourine Man by the Birds. But then the song that that knocked it from its perch was I'm Henry VIII, I Am oh, by God. Herman's Hermits. I, I kind of I like that song.
2: I mean, it's stupid. It's a gimmick song.
1: I don't know that I know that. I just know oh, that. I'm, I'm Henry VIII, the VIII, VIII, VIII I am. I am. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, right.
2: I mean, it's stupid. Uh, but oftentimes things land uh, on the number one uh, position
1: on the charts. On the <laughs> <laughs> all all I'm saying really is you have, t- you have two – of these iconic classic songs of the mid-60s Followed by I'm Henry the 8th, I am I Yeah, I, I mean You have a point
2: uh, But I do have weird affection for that Do you song. want to listen to this since you
1: want to put four songs? Do you want to listen to this? Yeah, yeah. and I, I do have
2: one more that, that he wrote that I, I want to play Which I feel like we need to get to But we'll go ahead and, and play Satisfaction Because uh, we've been all talking about it and shit so,
1: all right, sounds good
2: to let's me. Let's get there. Dial it up, Mark. <laughs> That is an example of what I'm talking about, where James Brown was probably like, oh, yeah, he's on to something there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the end of the song, just devolves into
1: just a bunch of nonsense words. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, like, he it's, just, he's just scatting. It reminds me to quote one of my favorite movies of all time. Those aren't their words. They're different words. Well, they're alternative facts, Shane. Ryan? Yeah, I hate, I hate to keep and bringing that that's, that's good stuff. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, Kevin, what's your take?
0: I yeah, w- we were talking about this uh, while the song was running, and Mark mentioned, it's like you can really you can tell the point where he diverges from the path, and you know, like, oh yeah,
2: that's well, I think Mark said it, like oh this is where he tosses the paper away,
0: right? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, you can't obviously you can't hear the paper hitting the floor, but like metaphorically, uh, those aren't the words tell. anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, tell when yeah. the when the paper dropped, and and, and the other thing I was saying was like. I would I'd really get a kick out of seeing how Mick interpreted that like what do you do Mick and the boys but yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, apparently they really dug it and at least one reviewer uh thought that was the original and that the Stones had covered it yeah and that's how quickly they they came out like yeah. around each other I mean
1: that stuff happened a lot back then though too didn't it Man yeah like, there was I mean, just like... a
2: lot of like like output like you know it you kind of get the imp- take a while these days to you know, especially established bands, like will take a couple years or whatever. But well, well the
1: Stones weren't even super established. I mean, a lot of, like a lot of times, I think people were selling their publishing too, like to. Yeah, know, so like, you
2: do know, it like actually to that uh, end. I guess he put a. Uh, I guess um, Otis put out a couple records on Stax, and at some point, um, Stax figured out that his publishing was actually owned by Atlantic. Or, like, Atlantic actually had the rights to all his music. I'm not sure exactly what the, the legal terms were, but, like, it really screwed over stacks. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, they had a tough time with it after he left this mortal
1: coil. Yeah, I mean, doesn't it seem like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of fucking assholes taking people for rides right now. It just seems like it's easier to see, especially when musicians are involved. Like, I think the laws were a little bit different, but they've been a little more clarified right now. Well, I think we mentioned
2: John Mulaney earlier, where he's like, uh, I don't think we brought up this quote, This quote, but he's like, oh, a whole hundred dollars for my songs, Mr. Barry Gordy, thank you. <laughs> like, a lot of that shit went down back then. So when you were talking about like, how he, how good his contract was, like, that that was not always the case in those days.
1: Yeah, and I can't 100% remember what his contract ended up being, but I do know that he had... He made some money while he was alive. I mean... Yeah, what a shame. Did, yeah, it didn't last too long, but yeah, that's... 26 uh, that, years old?
2: Yeah, it kind of makes me feel bad, because, like, I'm almost 20 years older than that, and I haven't done shit. Okay, do you uh, want to do one more song? I do, and I I feel like we'd be derelict in our duty if we didn't listen to the uh, original version of Respect, which Otis did, and I'd always known it was an Otis, for, uh, Otis Redding song, but he does not have the definitive version
1: of it. I do want to, well, there's reasons why. And I'd, well, I'd, sure. I'd, li- I'd like to talk about There are a about, couple different things. There's a couple of things going on in this song that I want to address on the outside, but yeah, let's listen to that song. Sounds good, but as though, Ryan, you said in the break, lyrics, a little bit suspect. A little
2: bit suspect. A uh, completely different tone. Very uh, different tone. In his version
1: than Aretha's. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Um, it was difficult for me to listen to. It's so... Misogynistic? Transgressive. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah, I I give you all my money. She fucking reclaimed that shit like
2: hardcore. That's what makes... It's a feminist anthem in her arms. Well,
1: I've heard his version of the song before. Oh, and sure as shit should have been. This is some fucking... Oh no, is, it's like like you better fucking
2: you better fucking respect me when I get home, woman. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: about to give you all my money so respect me. Like it's it's it was di- honestly, I got No, tell it you, sounds like, like fucking Ike Turner territory. Yeah, like I'm going to pull you by your hair, you're going to give me what you want like when I want it, like kind of shit. Like it it was di- it, it was a difficult. Listen. It's real
2: mid-century sexist like Kinda bullshit and kinda makes me go like Otis,
1: dude, come on man. I I liked you. I'm gonna i I'm gonna give it to the fact that it was he was young and the time period that he was in, but it doesn't mean I wanna listen to it again. And it sounds good. It does sound it's, good, it's a good. But, sounding song, but I, I'm just like, dude. I cannot get past that fucking I'm about to give you all my money, and all I'm asking for is a little respect. I mean, it's just—it's imp- it implicit. Sound, it sounds just—it sounds like domestic violence. I don't know, like uh, another way. It does <laughs> sound like domestic violence. I don't.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think anybody can, in their right mind, come down on the um, in in favor of uh the way that these lyrics play out, but it is also like, frankly, kind of ridiculous to retroactively uh, attach. Modern mores, like, even if they the right mores, like, it, like, you know, that was
1: no, it's fair enough. Like, I don't, don't want to deconstruct the song, I just feel uncomfortable listening to it. It just, like, no, yeah. it
2: just puts me in like a madman kind of place, like, where you see stuff like on that show where you're like, oh, that's probably not a good
1: idea, but that's built for dramatic purposes. I mean, I understand what you're saying, it's, it's uh, to one degree, but on you know, on, on one, on, on another hand, like, it, it doesn't mean that. Given my sets of values that are, you know, 50 years, 60 years down the line, um, that don't, that, that, it, it still, it, I don't have to, like, j- like, yell it from the highest mountain that it bothers me, but it's still going to fucking bother well, me. Well, and to be fair, like, I haven't, I haven't read anything
2: about um, him. Literally abusing his wife. I know he had one, and they. No, I
1: don't think it's about him abusing his wife. I mean, I think in the song he's basically saying it's, it's a, a character. It, like. Sure, but I, I. But I think what we haven't gotten into, what it seems to be like to me, it's a guy. It, it's sort of. Kind of akin to, uh, in a less violent way, of uh, Orange Juice Jones walking in the rain. You know, if you think about oh, it. I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know? followed you. You know, like yeah. just like, oh, yeah. Did you miss me today? I miss you too. I miss you so much. I followed you. You know, it's kind of like that. Except what it really is is it's a working man that he he thinks he has his he has his woman stepping out on him, and he gives her all his money. And now, God damn it. When I get home. Give me some respect. But to your. It's just the way it's framed and phrased. Well, and I I don't think that
2: in the Aretha version, like, it's not when I get home. Like, he just, she just leaves that out. No, she does. And, and, but, but, and that's, that's what's, you know, I think. But he's, but that. That turns it into a different song. But there's a reason it is,
1: why sure. it turns into a different song, and that's the reason why I think that, that it, both of our ears, at least you and I, Ryan, that perk up, is because that song didn't come out much later than this song did. And even at that time, if people were already railing against, like, what the fuck? What are you saying? You know, at that time, then that... I think there's something to be said about. I how, just wonder if it how p- how, trans-
2: how regressive that I, is. I just wonder if it pissed off Aretha and she was just like motherfucker. I'm gonna do this. It shit It sounds right. like
0: it to me. And here's the thing, dudes. Like the, I mean, the fact of the matter is that perspective is important, right? Like even in the real time, like when that song is recorded, and then you take another confident artist like Aretha who decided to like flip it by virtue of the fact that it was sang with a female lead, which we saw. We even talked about like. The same idea, kind of in reverse, with with Jolene and uh, whatever Homeboy uh, from the White no. Stripes covering that. Yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. like it's been like it's happened over and over again throughout history. Uh, it it is it is interesting just from a like archaeological perspective to hear like kind of what that first version was and then see what it went on. To I do.
2: never actually heard it before this week. I always knew it was an Otis Redding song just from like bar trivia, uh, but.
1: Uh, I'd heard it before, but I don't think I'd ever really listened to it.
2: Yeah, it was shocking. Uh, I mean, to modern ears, and to be fair, like at the time, probably wasn't
0: considered well in any way, shape, or form. Probably shocking to some like, then too.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was shocking, probably to some of them too. Exactly. That's why I think that Aretha Franklin t- took such a strong, like, reverse tack on she her. Version absolutely it. flipped it yeah and i so I think that like it like it's not just us sitting here like at the vantage point, like so many years later, it's
2: all our righteous indignation uh yeah, 50 yeah
1: years I, think, later. I think there was a little bit of indignation at the time all right, that was good stuff man
0: all right uh so Kevin, Kevin you what do you got all right, so we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a track for um for this last segment from Angel Olsen. shut up, kiss me.
3: Um, You're right. That you was to still believe it's worth the fight.
0: That video was really reminiscent of the one that you played for us the other week, Shane, with all the little cars and the models, the helicopters, the oh, police cars. Oh, yeah, Young Thug? Yeah. Yeah, it's super, sure, like, yeah, super very, like Young very Thug.
1: Yeah.
2: She's she very much a rolling skating uh, enthusiast. Yeah. But apparently she can't get anybody to join her.
0: No. No, she can't. Why and because her
2: hair is a mess. Her, well, girl needs... Is it, though? She needs is a good it, Brazilian
3: blowout or something, I'm thinking...
2: Prematurely, yeah. like not gray, but like sparkling silver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I guess that would, yeah, that would be like, I don't know, whatever. Um,
0: yeah, this man, this I, record's been getting a little bit of love.
1: All her records. What's her name a again? Lot. April Olsen, Angel Olsen, Angel Olsen. I mean, yeah. sorry. Um, the two records before that she put out, especially the one before this one, basically. Well, the words I was gonna say, like, al, everybody loved it. All the, all the. I like that song. It's good. I won't say I loved it. Yeah, like, it's, I, that's I liked that, it. That's how I feel about her in general. Sure, like, I like uh, I like her a lot. Dude, it's kinda of, a solid B, man. It's how you know what. It's how I feel you about her. You like her, but you don't like her. I like her, but I don't. Lo- I like, like her, her, but like I don't, her. don't love. Yeah. Or is it is it like like? I like her, but I don't like like. I don't, her. don't like like her. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of like early, PJ Harvey in a couple of different ways. I could where, see that. Where there are a couple PJ it's, Harvey it's, songs what is, from the
2: earlier period that. I love...
1: P.J. Harvey, it was starting about the mid-90s is when... But the early 90s stuff... Dude, Sheila in the Gig, that song? I are you don't fucking even kidding know me? that. I don't know it. I don't I'll know bring song. it up on the show. All this, I'm buddy. telling you is that, that it reminds me of P.J. Harvey, that like, like I like it and I understand it intellectually. Like, I'm Especially talking about... I don't know this record that well, but the one that came before There was some that, early
2: P.J. Harvey that was really hard to listen to. Uh,
1: the, and this is what I'm saying. The, the record that came before this, I don't, off the top of my head, don't know the name of it, I liked quite a bit, but I didn't love it. But critics loved it. Everybody loved it. And uh, it kind of makes you feel like, you've, like you haven't listened to it enough or you've done something wrong. Or, you know, and like everybody... What, that you're missing out? Well, you know, like if you read, like, not Pitchfork, but let's, let's say, like, Pitchfork, and... And it's like 10 out of 10, and, and you're just like, I don't really get it. And you keep listening, and you're like, I kind of get it, but I Dude, just –
2: I've kind of long since given up on trying to be on top of, like, every new thing that's coming I'm out. I'm just saying like, I... when,
1: there's, when there's somebody that's so universally praised within the, the constraints of the things that you read the most, the like critically based, then it's sort of – at some point, you're just like, what am I not understanding here? What yeah. am I not – I mean,
2: part of that. Well, I I think about this a lot. Part of that is like,
1: am I just fucking old now, or like? No, uh, I don't think that's it. I think that it's if you were to go back to like you know 1997. Because there is there is newish stuff that I like. Yeah, but you go back to like 1997, and there's 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 a sure as shit there's a bunch of the stuff that you were reading back then, or that I was reading back then, that that people went ape shit over. That I would listen to the records and be like, no, I'm not into this. At all, Uh, it's not that you're getting older. I think that it just at this point you're listening to less stuff or reading about less stuff. So, well, I have I have other obligations as well. Uh, I I don't mean you. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean the royal you. You know, the royal me. (laughs) (laughs) The other (laughs) other thing
0: I think is kind of interesting about this this artist in particular is that I guess she grew up wanting to be um, she wanted to be a pop star. Like she originally wanted to be a pop star, and then. This is what she's turned into. So it's like somewhere along the way she well, got a like, little jaded, which is like probably I feel like, this kind of like Mary's healthy. like pop
2: star yeah, but and
1: this, and like you know, indie rock. Yeah, but this is, this is her this is her getting to be pop. You need to listen to her stuff before this. Like it's it's a, it's a little it's rough a, it's around a, the edges. It's, a, it's not just rough around the edges, it's painful and sad and slow. So this is a big departure. Oh, I'll get right on that. It's good. D- I mean, so is Mark Hoslick. I mean, these are, you know, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just, this is nothing like the stuff that it... There's really only, like, one Red House Painters
2: song that I genuinely like. All right,
1: Ryan. Well, you know what? No. And that's fine. It, the, the hey, whole, man, I still like you. You just do this, like, I love this, like, how, like, there have... You listened to a Red House Painters record in 1995, and there have been, like... How many times have you listened to anything that they've put out since 1995?
3: A
2: few tracks here, and really. There. Okay, constantly. Yes. Okay, but no, not a this whole is, LP. This is your
1: thing, like this is this is how who you are as a person. Like you, you settle into like a thing. You get set in your ways, and then you don't move outside of I, it. I could be wrong. Like there might be. I'm not saying you are wrong. Red House Painters.
2: I've I listened to a couple different Red House Painters records back. You then. You just
1: bring this stuff up. Like there are certain things that you bring up. Like. About, like, music or, or you know, this band. I do get, No,
2: I am set in my ways, and I'm a creature of habit. Like, that is 100% true. I'm not denying that. I also have not heard other Mark Coslett compositions that, like, blew
1: me away other than the one. One of these days I'll bring in a Mark Cosley. It doesn't matter yeah. if you liked it or not. It's just you've been saying that exact line since 1995. And I've meant that since 1995. And how many times have you listened to – I mean, it, all right. So anyway, the, the only other thing that I want to say about that is that it, it's still incredibly unnerving to me to watch that kind of high-definition video. It, Dude, it, I was going
2: to bring that up. It looks like video. It looks like
1: VHS. It, yeah,
2: it looks – well, no, it looks like a soap opera. Uh, and I've, I've noticed I that with like, with, like, smart TVs or, like, higher-end TVs, like, they're so – they have so many pixels that, like, even uh, a movie that was shot on film – Looks like videotape, and it's
1: really unnerving to me.
2: And I feel like there's got to be some pushback and there's, some there's technological ways to get around changes.
1: That I can tell you in a minute, but there's a there's this thing where people are shooting on instead of what is it like 24 frames per second? Now people are shooting on like 48 frames per second. Well, there for a while it was
2: not 24p was the digital format, and that's the exact same as like regular film shooting, and you can't tell a difference. And I guess people just think that more. Pixels are better. Or well, they want I don't
1: clear, know. clearer, more unnerving looks at it. I don't know. Not
2: my thing. It just no. It looks to me like it was shot
1: on like you a know, soap opera lot uh, on a soap opera lot. I don't want to see weird. that kind of clarity. I want to see like I, I want I kinda, want the sheen of film. If you have that kind of clarity, you don't have the fog and. You can't have cinematography and the art of cinematography and that kind of thing. I don't know. It just looks like somebody, like, stopped, like, shooting
2: their kid's birthday and then went and did a video. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty much with right there with you.
0: All right. Okay. Who's got, who's got next week? So I got next week, and we're going to actually do a um, cover a record from 2017, which is, like, it's February. So... It's so impressive. Yeah, so something it, brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. It's still the sheen. It's has still got a new song smell on it, or It's whatever. Got the sheen from like that video.
2: Do we have? Do we have to spank it? Make it cry? I
0: got. Well, time will tell. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're gonna listen to um, we're gonna listen to a record by an artist named Allison Crutchfield um, called "Tourist in Town."
1: Tourist in this town. Tourist in this town. Yeah, okay. I've been there. All
0: okay. right. Uh, I've been a tourist in a town before. All right. All right.
1: We want to get out of here?
0: Let's do it. Till next time. I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It.
3: That was just to get your attention.